Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. These are the prison epistles. Good morning, everyone. Uh, while we're going through the prison epistles this fall, we are also going to take one session every week and talk about prayer. And so I'm going to bring you uh, something not out of the prison epistles, although there's lots of prayer in those letters that Paul wrote. But we're going to talk about prayer this morning for a moment. And we're going to do that every week. Uh, now, I want to begin by making a confession to you. I'm not a natural prayer guy. Now, that does not mean that I don't pray. I do. And I love prayer. But I'm not one of those saints that walks out of the pages of Scripture looking like I've spent my entire life out in the wilderness praying to God. Um, I, I've never been accused of being called camel knees or um, a praying saint. Um, and at times I wish I guess I did, but that's not who I am. But I will say this. In my life with God, and from a very young age actually, a prayer is a conversation that I've had, and it begins the moment that I wake up, and it ends every night as I close my eyes. When I wake up, I know that God is there, and, and I talk to Him, and I, I greet Him in the morning. I sense His presence throughout the day. I speak with Him. I hope and I listen to Him speaking with me. And when I close my eyes at night, I know that He's there, and I'm just so deeply, deeply thankful for that. But in my walk with God, uh, yes, prayer is a conversation with my Lord and King, but, but my experience as one of those praying people maybe is not what you might wish it to be or I might know it to be. Now, I think part of that is that growing up, my experience with prayer meetings and in my pastoral ministry, my experience with prayer meetings is a little bit like this. Uh, prayer meetings often, and I'm saying this in a very jaded way, so forgive me, is, is often, if there's an hour prayer meeting, it's a disguise, really, for 45 minutes of chatting about news, uh, about what's going on in the church, and about many requests for health, uh, for financial issues, for relationship issues, and those aren't bad, uh, maybe for a song or something like that. And then, how often have I been in a prayer meeting? where we talk and we talk and we talk, and then the hour is almost up and we all go, oh, you know what, we got 10 minutes left, we should probably pray. Uh, I just, I struggle with that. I don't know whether you do either, but I struggle with going to a prayer meeting and we don't really pray. Uh, and in fact, my best prayer experiences were years ago when I was in a congregation where I would show up in the morning at 6 a.m. I would walk into a group of people that were assembled. We would pray quietly and silently for an hour. We would finish. I would get up. I would have my breakfast and I would go to work. Uh, and that for me just was such a powerful time of prayer because we weren't talking at all. We were just there uh, to pray. Now, in prayer... Um, Often, too, do you find that prayer is about bless me, God, and about be with us, God, more than anything else? And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I, I think that asking God for a blessing and asking God to be with those that we have concerns for is a powerful thing. So please do not hear me say that we should not bring our requests to God because the Bible says, bring your request to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so we are supposed to bring our burdens to God. But what happens when all we do is bring our burdens to God and ask God to both bless us and to be with us and with others? Um, how do we climb out of 
bless and be with, I guess I'm asking, into a deeper experience of prayer. Uh, that's what I want to take the rest of our time this morning and talk about. Um, and if I had one idea for you today, and this is the one idea, please pay attention to this. If you get nothing out of this but that this morning, it would be that I think prayer is best entered into when we, sent, when we seek God's face before we seek his hands. Let me say that again. I believe that prayer is best entered into every day, whether you're a conversational prayer like me or you're a prayer meeting person like other people, by seeking God's face before we seek his hands. Now, what am I saying by that? I think what I mean is that seeking God's face is really to seek the essence of who God is versus seeking his hands are seeking what God does. Uh, seeking his face represents his person and his presence. When, when I seek someone out, when I uh, go to see someone, I look them in the face. That's what I seek. I want to look into their eyes. I want to see what their countenance is like. I want to see who they are. I don't look at their hands. I look at their face. Uh, and God's face represents his person and his presence. His hands represent his provision, and that's very important as well. His provision for what we all need, for what I need. But the point I'm making is this. If I seek first God's hands, I think I miss sometimes his face because I'm too preoccupied with what I need rather than who he really is. But when I seek first his face, I think that God is glad to open his hands and to care for the deepest desires of my heart. I look at uh, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, a very famous verse that God is speaking to his people and he says, listen, if you humble yourselves and if you pray and if you seek my face in prayer and then turn from your sin, I will hear from you. I will, I will pardon me, I will hear from heaven. I will hear you uh, and I will heal you. Uh, seek my face and my, my hands will follow. God wants us to seek his face. Now, let's get practical. How do we do this? How do we seek the face of God? Well, I believe that that's how we begin our conversations with him. We begin our conversations seeking his face by thanking him. Before asking him for anything, we thank him. What would it look like in the morning to wake up and to simply open your eyes and begin thanking God? God, thank you that opened my eyes today. God, thank you that I have this bed that I'm lying in. God, thank you that, that I'm going to have breakfast here in a little while. God, thank you that um, I have the person that I'm perhaps beside as my spouse this morning. Thank you that my children are here. God, thank you for a job. God, thank you for... We just begin saying, God, thank you. Uh, we begin thanking him for his character. God, thank you for who you are. God, thank you for your presence and attention to me. God, thank you for your power and your authority over creation. And as uh, I walk into creation today, may I see you. May I see your face in your handiwork in all of creation. God, thank you for your love and your mercy, your forgiveness, for your patience with me. God, thank you for your justice. And as I wake up in a world that is fractured, thank you that one day it will not be because you are the living God. God, thank you that you mend what is broken and you fix the rights. So you fix the wrongs and make them right. God, thank you for your wisdom and, and direction, and, and I'm counting on that today. God, thank you for your ability to relate to my every need, because as I bring my needs to you in a, in a little while, um, I understand that, that you lived on this earth in the, in the form of a man, Jesus, my Lord, and, and you know 
for what we all go through, what I go through. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that is possessing me even as I wake up this morning and I feel your presence with me through your Holy Spirit. Um, God, thank you. When I wake up and I focus on that, rather than waking up with all the cares and concerns being poured out to God, when I first thank him, you know what it does for me? It keeps me from treating God as my servant that I'm bringing my request to and really hoping or even expecting that he will answer them. And instead, it reminds me that actually God is my good shepherd, my Lord. He's my savior. He's my king. And it changes my attitude as I come to him uh, with my relationship uh, with him uh, from an attitude of, of, of entitlement at times and of disappointment because he's not answering my prayers perhaps the way I want him to, to one of gratitude and of wonder that God would even enter into a relationship with someone like me. And then to thank him for transforming my life and for being patient with me and for walking with me. Let me say it again. It, it, it moves me from a sense of perhaps entitlement or of disappointment to one of wonder and of delight that the living God chooses to walk with me. You know, years ago when I was pastoring in a different location, I, the, the, there were two women that, uh, that came to me within a short period of time. Uh, and one of them, um, both were poor. I'll say that right now. One of them came to me and um, sat down in my office and she said, uh, I'm poor. And it says in the Bible that the church has an obligation to care for people who are poor. And so I'm here and I expect you to care for me. I expect uh, you to pay for these bills in my life. I expect you to put gas in my car. I expect you to care for me in that way because your obligation, uh, it says in the Bible that your obligation as a Christian and the church's obligation is to care for the poor. Uh, that didn't go over really well, I gotta say. Um, my attitude right away was, was not perhaps what it could have, should have been because I didn't sense any thankfulness there. I sensed that I had an obligation to help someone. Uh, and she was expecting it. Uh, a little bit later, uh, another person came into my office. Uh, and this particular woman um, didn't ask me for anything, but I had asked her to come into my office so that I could hear what was going on in her life and I could offer help to her, both personally and through the church. And can I just tell you what a complete difference it was uh, to have the one woman who had the sense of entitlement uh, and the expectation that I had to help her versus the other woman who, when I offered to help her, said, how can I ever thank you for your care and concern? How can I thank the church? Uh, what a difference it makes. And I wonder whether God sometimes, you know, when he listens to us, um, hears our, yes, our needs, and he knows those, but he, he senses almost, God, please answer these and answer them now, versus God, what a wonder that you care for me. I want to finish with a poem uh, by A.B. Simpson. Uh, I think A.B. Simpson actually was the founder of the Christian Missionary Alliance Church in the last century. But let me read this poem. You're going to see the words on the screen as I read them. Uh, and I hope it gives you a sense of just coming to God in thankfulness and in wonder as I read it. All right? So let me read it to you now. Once it was the blessing, now it is the Lord. Once it was the feeling, now it is His word. Once His gifts I wanted, now the giver own. Once I sought his healing, now himself alone. Once was painful trying, now tis perfect trust. Once a half salvation, now the uttermost. 
Once twas, was ceaseless holding, now he holds me fast. Once was constant drifting, now my anchor's cast. Once twas twizzy was busy planning, <laughs> now tis trustful prayer. Once was anxious caring, now he has the care. Once it was what I wanted, now what Jesus says. Once was constant asking, now is ceaseless praise. Once I hoped in Jesus, now I know he's mine. Once my lamps were dying, now they brightly shine. Once for death I waited, now his coming hail, and my hopes are anchored safe within the veil. Once it was my working, his it now shall be. Once I tried to use him, now he uses me. Once the power I wanted, now the mighty one. Once for self I labored, now for him alone. I trust that in just some of the words of this poem, uh, you will have gained a sense of the thankfulness that we can come to God with. And I hope that that sense of thankfulness transforms your prayer today. God bless you. We'll talk to you again soon.